Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Without any further ado, I'm going to welcome our guest speaker today. Guys, help me give an Oaks Welcome. You guys have heard him before. One of Pastor Joel's best buddies in the entire world, a pastor from Denver, Colorado. Help me welcome our friend, Pastor Adam Bagwell, as he comes to the stage. Thanks, bud. Awesome. How y'all feeling this morning? I'm feeling good. It's 4th of July. I was about to set a mirror in the middle aisle so I could preach to myself uh, because I didn't know if anyone was going to show up. But look at all y'all here, man. It's good to see you guys. I have been friends uh, with Pastor Joel uh, nearly uh, 20 years, and uh, we uh, started ministry nearly uh, at the same time. We started in youth ministry together, and uh, thank God for deliverance. Amen. Um, But um, we've been building churches and doing youth camps and conferences together, and I truly tell you, uh, you guys are spoiled because you have two of the most amazing people, Pastor Joel and Jen, as your senior lead pastors. Can we give it up for them today? We love them so much. And I just have to, uh, I'm going to try not to cry right off the beginning. I'm supposed to be the confidence. July 4th, we're lighting fireworks off, so I'm going to try not to cry to kick off. But Joel has literally been there for me um, in every celebration that I've got to celebrate, um, the birth of both my kids. Uh, he was one of the first phone calls that I made. Uh, and he's been there in the lowest parts of my life when I've been struggling and just needed a friend. How many know it's good to have speed dial for the right people, right? And uh, Joel has been there for me, and I just love him and honor him today. And look at this church. Last time I was with you, we were in an elementary school. What y'all been doing? Y'all been working, man. I pulled up so happy uh, just to see this permanent building and walk through all the kids' classrooms and uh, saw Alex up here playing a guitar, and I'm just like, man, I just feel like I'm home. So we're going to take about three or four hours today just to soak it. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a great day. So I do have to brag. It's been a celebration month for my family, so I just have to brag for just a minute. Um, So Sarah and I on June 2nd celebrated... Uh, 15 years of marriage on June 2nd. I'm proud of that. I really feel she's got at least 15 more months left for me. So I did the 15 years. I feel like she can make it a little longer. Uh, Then June 8th, we celebrated Brooklyn, my little girl. Uh, It was her 10th birthday. Come on now. And... Oh, the next one, I don't like to admit, but June 9th, I turned 40. So I'm 40 years old, standing before you. And then June 16th, uh, we celebrated my son's 14th birthday. I can't believe I'm about to have a freshman uh, in high school. And he is just an amazing athlete, uh, plays baseball. The other day, he had a line drive, hit straight toward him. He made the catch, flipped it to first, double play. And guess who took the props for him? Like, that's my son. I taught him how to do that. So uh, how many love your family? Give a hand for your family if you love them. What a fun day to celebrate. So I'm going to continue the series today. Honored to do it. Just relax. Just relax. 
Um, I feel so many times in our life, we find it hard to rest. I'm just going to let that sit for a minute. We find it hard to find a place that we can allow our soul to be renewed. And we're going to talk about that today. And I just, I want to encourage some of you, because some of you um, limped into the service today. I I love all my limpers. When you limp into the service, but you got here anyway, I'm telling you, you are in the moment that God wants to radically change your life. Some of you came in here with fear. You came in here with anxiety. Maybe you have some doubt that that just seems like it haunts you of how you're going to get out of that doubt. Um, some of you came in here just so, so frustrated with your finances. Somebody came in here and maybe your marriage is on the line. Maybe you're watching online and you're watching this two months after it came on. You're watching at the right time, at the right place because God wants to move in your life. But I want you to know this, that we serve a miracle working God. And no matter what you walked in here with, you don't have to leave the same way that you came in. In fact, that's why I come to church. I don't come to church to go through the motions. I don't come to church to just get a sermonette for Christianettes. I, I come into the house of God going, Lord, you got to feel me. you got to do something. you got to give me some revelation. you got to transform my tomorrows because that's not going to look like it did in the past because I can't live in the past anymore. i got to move forward into what you have called and anointed me to do. Amen. So just relax and allow God to be God. Uh, uplifted hand, I like to do open confessions. We don't do closed confessions in this church, I don't believe. Um, uh, maybe Brandon does, I don't know. Um, but open confession, anybody in here have a hard time resting? And anybody stressed right now? Like, like you're just like, it's 4th of July, but man, I am stressed about the barbecue dinner right after service. You know, like that potato salad is on my mind. How are we going to get it done, right? And, and the things that fester in our spirit, in our soul, and I just want to tell you just... Relax and know that God is God and allow him to do what only he can do. So we're going to start. We're going to start Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I know Joel uh, hit on this last week. But Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, this, this is, I don't know if y'all have old school Bibles. I know we got like all the phones and iPads and stuff, but we used to do this thing called highlighting in your Bible. This is one that should be brown in your Bible. You say, Adam, what in the world is a brown highlighter? Um, It's one where you did yellow, and then you did blue, and then you did purple, and before you knew it, it was brown in your Bible. I don't know if you have those before. Some of you younger people are like, what's a marker? What's paper? Um, But Matthew 11, 28, this is one of those verses that you want to have in your heart. And it says this, Jesus speaking here in Matthew, come to me, I love that right there. We could, we could just stop right there. Come to me. Who needs to come to the Father today? Who needs to take a step in that direction? Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. On the count of three, let's say rest together. One, two, three, rest. Doesn't that just feel good? Doesn't it feel good? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. God cares about your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. He cares about what you're thinking about. He cares how you're feeling today. Can I just help someone today? It's okay not to be okay. Someone needs to hear that. It's okay not to be okay. 
There's, there's moments in life that it's just not okay. You, you've went through hurt. You've went through burdens. That's why I love your pastor so much because I can call him when I'm not okay. And it's okay not to be okay. But every time I talk to him, I hang up the phone and I go, wow, I'm doing a little better before <laughs> I called Joel. <laughs> now I'm feeling a little better about my soul. When we come to the Lord though, we come to the Lord, he'll bring rest for our souls. Sorry, I'm not trying to get emotional, but we've all been through a lot of stuff. Verse 30, it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Weary and heavy burden can also be translated to worked to exhaustion. Anybody feel that before? <laughs> Anybody been like, Wow, we're already in June. I promise you it was the new year like two months ago, right? It's just working until those points. And he says, come to me when you've worked to a place of exhaustion. And then I love this. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, or I'm comfortable and pleasing. That God actually, I know this is crazy, wants us to enjoy our life. I'm going to say that again over here. I felt like the anointing shifted right over here, that you have more faith on this side of the room. He wants you to enjoy your life. He says, come to me, those that are worked, you're exhausted, you're heavy burdened. My yoke is easy, my burden's light. I want you to live a good life. I want you to wake up not going, oh my gosh, it's Monday again. I want you to wake up going, Lord, today is the day that you have made. Let me rejoice, let me be glad in it. God, I praise you. There's a worship inside of me because you're so good to me. Oh, do I have responsibilities? Yes. Do I have things that I have to accomplish? Yes, but my God is greater than every person a situation I'm dealing with, every problem that I'm walking through, and I declare that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only, not beneath. Have anybody just felt beneath before, though? But God wants to lift you up today and just tell you to rest and trust him. Here's the problem. How do I say this nicely? I want to be invited back within at least another year. <laughs> Some of us are so drained, we forgot how to fill our cup. <laughs> you know, the psalmist says, my cup overflows. But so many of us have got so used to being drained, we forgot how to fill our cup. Yeah. We prioritize, watch this, the problem we prioritize the problem over the blessing. You see, I got, I got a lot of things that fill my cup. I'm gonna show it to you here in just a second. Um, I think we got some pictures back there. Um, what fills my cup, I, I just gotta tell you, I, I, I married way out of my league. I'm gonna show you in a minute. You just be like, how did that ugly dude get her to say yes? And I'm still wondering, but 15 years in, um, if we can throw that first picture up there, uh, this is my beautiful wife. Look at that little girl. How, how did that happen? And she's sweet as she is. And there's my, that's my little boy right there. He's older now. This was a couple years ago. Uh, but this fills my cup. When I wake up, I got problems. I got bills. I got things to do with church and ministry and people calling panicked. And you, you just get used to it after a while. But when I wake up, pff, if that doesn't fill your cup... 
What does? I'll show you something else that fills my cup. Let's go to the next picture here. Um, my boy right there. Look how clean cut your pastor used to be. I mean, look how good he looks without a beard. I'm telling you what, he walked up to me, I'm like, are you Santa Claus with all that gray coming out? Like, what you doing, man? He had the nerve to call out my gray hair on my head. I'm like, at least it ain't coming off my face, homie. Um, but yeah, man, we were sidelined at the game, and you know what? Uh, as great as churches, uh, that might have been church right there, and I know they're wearing Denver Broncos, and I just want to help all you Cowboy fans. In Revelation, it says that Jesus is coming back on a white horse. Bronco territory. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, cowboys. Maybe Jesus is a cowboy. I don't know. It could be true, but uh, it fills my cup every time I'm with him. It's iron sharpens iron. It's encouragement. It's somebody that uplifts my soul, that we can tell anything and share anything, and, and it elevates us. You got to know who's in your circle. Can I help somebody with that today? You got to know who's in your circle. Who are the people that will lift you up when you feel like throwing the towel in and giving up? So that was that one. And then this is the newest addition to my family. I just had to show it because I'm in love. Uh, this is Caesar. Uh, we actually named him Wrigley. I pastored in Chicago for a little bit, so I'm a Cub fan, so I named him Wrigley after Wrigley Field, uh, but it's Wrigley Caesar, and I'm telling you, if this guy cannot fill your cup, I miss him. I know it's pathetic. Uh, I had all sorts of stuff. I've been speaking and moving and, and trying. I miss my puppy. He fills my cup, and you're like, Adam, this is so superficial. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. I felt love from one person over here. No, it's not. Life, come on somebody, is about the joy of the Lord. And the, the scripture promises the joy of the Lord is my strength, what I can focus on, what makes me happy. Music makes me happy. Movies make me happy. What fills your cup? I want you today on the 4th of July to leave this church service going, my number one job is to fill my cup today, to remind myself of the beauty of my family, to remind myself the beauty of my kids, my wife, my grandkids, whatever situation you might be in. God, you deserve the glory and the honor and the credit, and I will live and put my trust in that. <laughs> um, recreation, what do you do for fun? I know this is very practical, but it's July 4th, that's what I came to do today. Uh, what do you do for recreation? Because recreation is actually recreation. Recreation is recreation. You go back to the things that lift your soul and lift your heart. I'm gonna say it again because I feel like someone's not hearing me. God wants you to have a good life. Do you know that laughter was invented by God? Laughter actually, and this is the funny part, you can fake laugh and your body doesn't know it. That when you laugh, it actually sends a chemical so strong through your body that it's um, actually more powerful than pain medicine. All the stuff that we use to try and numb up pain. And God's like, I've given you laughter. <laughs> it's a medicine. <laughs> it's good for you. And we've got to get into a place that God, I love life. I'm enjoying life. I'm focused on the right priorities. But many times we have to allow God to re create us. Recreation is re-creation. So here's the question, what drains you? Just, who can list what drains you quicker than what fills you? I can. I'm going to do it right now. Thank you for my counseling session. <laughs> People with bad attitudes, can I get an amen? 
paperwork. Managing instead of leading, can't stand it. Meetings that are long for no reason. I just felt like the Holy Ghost just showed up right there. I felt like a break, let's just close in prayer right there. Let's receive communion, the end of long meetings. Come on, the zoo, it's the devil. God's creation was made to run, not be in cages, and I was not made to go. Are you in here? <laughs> They're like, pay me to smell these animals. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. We know what drains us. We know what fills us. But yet we have this thing in us that we tend to focus on the wrong thing. So did Moses. I want to go to Exodus chapter 18. I love reading about my heroes in the Bible who miss it because it makes me feel human. <laughs> and all of them missed it. Uh, I don't know uh, in here, um, but does anyone, you don't have to raise your hand, I just know already prophetically, but not really just because of knowledge, I uh, have a dysfunctional family. Can I give you good news? There is not one functional family in the entire Old Testament. Not one. We didn't get it right with the first couple. Like, what was God thinking? Adam and Eve mess it up. They take what's not theirs. And then the generational blessing turns to murder. It's been dysfunctional. So anybody in here, like, you don't know my family. Yeah, I do. You're human. You don't know my grandpa. I don't need to know him. He's human. They've got issues. Moses was human. Moses missed it, but yet God still used him. But here's Moses, and this is where Moses misses it and what, what our context is for today about rest and relaxing. Uh, in Exodus 18, verse 13, it says, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. Anybody work a double before? Moses was working a double every day. And when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone? How many feel alone sometimes? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Verse 15, Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Hold on, Moses is being over-spiritual. They seek me to get to God. Uh, even, can I talk to some pastors and ministry workers? We can so easily get so tired and so drained all in the name of God's people and what people need and what they want. And if we're not careful, we won't take care of ourselves. And this is why we see pastors burning out. And this is why we see the stuff that we see in the newspapers and online and on Google and whatever you're watching. And you see all these stories taking place. There has a moment that pastors have to take care of themselves. Ministers have to take care of themselves because at the end of the day, we're no better than Moses. And Moses is sitting here working. People come to me to seek God's will. And whenever they have a dispute, <laughs> doesn't that sound like ministry? Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. And I love verse 17. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good. Don't you love your in-laws? 
father-in-law looks at Moses, who is picked to lead the children of Israel. Can we do a refresher? He lifted up his rod and the water split. You guys remember this? The Nile was filled with blood. He dropped his rod on the ground to turn into a snake. I mean, Moses was a bad man. He was appointed by God. He was picked by God. He, he actually um, came with this thing called the Ten Commandments. Right? But leave it to in-laws to point out he was doing good. He was dealing with the disputes. He was leading like right around a million people. And his father-in-law was like, what you're doing is not good. How I many know that's a check right there? We watch Moses, he then goes and he reformats and creates new systems. Sounds like your business, right? Come on, entrepreneurs. Uh, he goes and he reformats the whole thing for the children of Israel. He puts all this stuff together. But here's the deal. <laughs> Moses had, like many of us, a need for accomplishment. And if we're not careful, we can worship accomplishment more than what God has blessed us with. Gosh, that's good preaching. I'm gonna go back to Colorado and write myself a love letter. Um, so many times we worship accomplishment more than we worship God. We, 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 we're doers. I'm a doer, I'm a builder. I'm like your pastor. Uh, I like seeing churches grow. I like youth ministries being you know, raised up. I like seeing young people be touched by God. But at the end of the day, do I wake up to worship? Or do I wake up to accomplish? And here, Moses got caught up in so much accomplishment. But yet, his great father-in-law said, you're missing it. Moses, just relax. There's another way to do this. Our need for accomplishment, and then the second thing, <laughs> is allowing the worries, we see this here, and the cares of the world to rule our life. 99 problems, right? Allowing the worries and the cares of the world to rule our life. How many know there's a lot of problems? How many read about them every day? How many see them on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and I don't even know. I got younger brothers and sisters. I'm just, what are, what are y'all doing on your phone all the time? And, and it's lots of problems, lots of stuff, right? Nothing wrong with any of those. That can overtake you too, but that's a whole nother sermon. Um, but allowing the worries and the cares of the world to rule your life. So I wrote down this uh, story, and I thought it was so cool. I wanted to share it with you real quick. And it was from a pastor who kind of had this... Moses' perspective that Moses was dealing with here in Exodus chapter 18, and, and, he, and he said this. So here's the story. One summer, a pastor announced he wasn't going to take a vacation. Come on, half the congregation would be like, amen. It's a good pastor, no vacations for him, man of God. He announced that he would never, he wasn't going to take a vacation, and this is why, since the devil never goes on vacation. Some of his congregation laughed. Others thought he was very spiritual. But one man went home, however, to see if Jesus had the same attitude. 
He found that in his three years of active ministry, Jesus had 10 periods when he got away from the crowds. In addition to his nightly rest and the Sabbath day of rest. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to me right now. He's talking to me. Next Sunday, he asked the pastor, are you allowing the devil's example or the Lord's example to rule your life? <laughs> Leave it to congregation members, right? Jesus was the most in-demand person who ever lived. Still, he knew the importance of rest. Isn't that amazing? Three years, 10 breaks for Jesus, plus the Sabbath day, plus in the evenings he had his routine. It's amazing that he had so many needs and worries and the cares of the world were obviously on his shoulders and he knew what his you know, passion was and he knew eventually he would hang on the cross for the world. But even Jesus had to put his finger up at different points and go, you know what, there's a lot of people who need me right here, but I'm hungry and I need a break, let's roll. And he went and he rested. When's the last time you put your finger up? And said, you know what? A lot of stuff to get done. A lot of cares of the world. But I've got to have a break here. I want to tell you, just relax and allow God to be God. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. I mean, that's busy right there. I'll tell you, as busy as I get, I figure out how to eat. I mean, it might be a burger and fries and I'm driving on the highway eating, but I figure out how to eat. And, and they, they, they had no chance to eat. And Jesus says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I'm gonna give you the most gentle, prophetic word you may have ever had in your life. Okay, you ready? Let's go get some rest. Take care of your soul. Allow yourself some time to heal. Psalms chapter 23, verse two, says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Now, when I heard this verse for years, when I hear first off that he makes me lie down does anyone feel uncomfortable with that right there? Like, just go rest. Just go lay down. He makes me lie down. But then it says that he leads me to green pastures. Now, when I thought of green pastures back in the day, what I thought about was like this meadow. Does anyone else have that picture when you hear that? The green pastures, like this meadow, you know, like Dallas. I, I flew out here from Colorado and I'm driving back from the airport. It's just green. Like it's just so green out here right now. And I'm driving out to the country where Joel lives and there's cows and horses. And it's just, that's kind of how I thought of green pastures. This is beautiful, just green, lush, like you're just lost in the green, right? Um, but that's an American thought. David wasn't writing from a perspective of that. He was writing from a perspective of Israel, which if you've ever gone to the Middle East or you've been to Israel before, it's nothing but dirt. <laughs> it's a desert. 
There aren't green pastures like you're thinking about anywhere. But yet there were these little tiny areas, oh, this is so good if you can get it, of what they would call a green pasture. Might be just a little nook. And the shepherd would lead his sheep. If you know anything about Israel, water is everything. Water is the currency of that country. If they have a bad rain, or they don't get the rain that they need, it can mess up their crops for seven years. It can mess up their entire business, everything that they function with. So water was rare, and green pastures were rare. But yet, it says that he will lead me beside the still waters. He'll restore my soul. He will find those pastures. And I just see this wonderful, loving father no matter how much dryness, desert, brokenness that we have, that he leads us to a place that we can find him in a tiny little area where we can find rest and comfort and that he can restore our soul. I don't know what you've been through or what you've walked through, but the Lord will lead you to a place of water and he will lead you to a pasture where your soul can be restored. Just like many of you, I've, I've been through a lot in my life. I've walked through a lot of hurt. I've had a lot of high hopes that didn't go the way I thought it was gonna go. But yet, if I can allow God to elevate me, it happens during worship, it happens when I pray, and he can give me the bird's eye view. I can see where he provides for me every step of the way. We serve a good father who loves us. He gave his life for us. And if we can put our hope and our attention on him, I'm telling you, you will relax. You will rest knowing that he is God without our help. Will he use you? Absolutely. Does he love to use you? Absolutely. He says he's a friend. He's closer than a brother. But at the same time, he'll allow us to put our heads down at night and know that everything that he has for our future, he will fulfill it and he will bring it to pass. I want to pray for you. We're going to receive communion today. And... For me, communion is one of the most spiritual things that we do. It brings us back to a place of understanding <laughs> how good God is and what it really comes down to. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. Jesus said that this is my body it's broken for you. And as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. For me, it's not how many times you take communion. I, in my home church, we have three services. <laughs> so there's been days I've taken communion three times in a day. It's not how many times you do it, but it's how you do it. 
And what's on my heart for you, and you guys can probably tell from my message, is that as we receive this today, that God's already done the hard work. Jesus has already made a way where there seems to be no way. And as we take this bread today, we do it, let's do it in remembrance of him and let's receive his love, his calmness, and his peace. Father, we bless this bread. We thank you that you have done all the good work. Lord, as we receive it today, we do it in remembrance of you. Let's take and eat this morning. Let's take the cup today. The juice that represents the blood of Jesus. We used to sing a song when I was a kid called, Oh, the Blood of Jesus. Some of you old timers might remember that. I'm 40, I'm getting old, Brandon. But the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, atones us, (laughs) that paid a price that only he can do. God, I rest I rest in the sacrifice that you made for me. Lord, I take this cup today, a picture of your new covenant. And as we receive this juice today, we thank you for the blood that gave us salvation. Let's take and drink today. Father, we praise you today because you are an almighty, wonderful God. Lord, you are the lily in the middle of the valley. You are the bright and amazing morning star. Lord, you are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We don't put our hope on what we can do. We don't put our hope on what we can produce, but God, we put our trust and our hope on you alone. And I declare in Jesus' name, anyone in here that's dealing with fear, anyone in here that's been abused in their past, anyone in here that's dealt with anxiety and confusion and they're just trying to figure life out, God, let us rest in you. Because Jesus, you alone are God. And God, we love you, we trust you, and we thank you for all that you've poured into our lives. And God, let us leave today in freedom, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.